This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Beyond the To-Do List. This is the show where we talk to the people behind the productivity. I'm your host, Eric Fisher. This week I'm excited to share a conversation I had with Marilyn Paul, author of the new book, An Oasis in Time, How a Day of Rest Can Save Your Life. In this, we are talking about rest and renewal, about taking the weekend, about taking breaks, and not just the necessity of it, but some of the practical how-tos in order for you to not just be more impactful and effective during your on time by taking down time or off time, but also slowing down in general in order to savor and place the highest priority on the most important things. This is a great companion episode to the recent podcast I did with Brooke McCallery. I know you're going to enjoy this. This week, it is my privilege to welcome to the show, Marilyn Paul. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much. So you have this really cool new book out called An Oasis in Time, How a Day of Rest Can Save Your Life. And for anybody who has heard that phrase, day of rest, often enough, especially in certain religious upbringings, there's a word that comes to mind, and I know you know all about that word. What's that word? The word is Sabbath, but I use an oasis in time because there are lots of people out there who, when they hear the word Sabbath, they shut down. Mm -hmm. So I wrote the book to say, hey, there's something of value in here. But so let's not throw it out and let's learn how come people who observe a Sabbath are in such good shape. So keep listening, <laughs> even if you're uh, opposed to that word, there's some <laughs> meaning in that word. In fact, like, what does that word literally mean? What's the definition of that word? And then we can move on to what that encompasses. So the word Sabbath comes from the Hebrew word lishbot or Shabbat, and it means stop. That's all it means. Stop. I love that. It's like a bit, <laughs> I mean, I, I see when you say that, I, I see it in all capital letters, like on a stop sign. Like, yes. you, you do this or you are breaking the law. Exactly. It's, so. it's one of the Ten Commandments. So I think what we learn from this is even... 2,500 years ago, people had trouble stopping. Which is interesting because you, you kind of think, well, what, what, what all did they have to do back then in terms of their life or their jobs or being online and going from place to place? You know, how different their lives were than ours, and yet they still had to remember to stop. Exactly. So stop for how long, though? I know traditionally a Sabbath is considered to be 24 hours. And, and what are we stopping exactly? 
So what we're stopping is an orientation towards getting things done. We're stopping our focus on everyday living, whether it's work productivity or home productivity. The idea is to stop, stop thinking about work, for example, or errands, and let our minds and hearts and souls calm down. And I say for people, try an hour. If an hour seems too long, try a half an hour. Stopping is not easy for people nowadays because we live in such a workaholic culture. So stopping takes practice. Think of it as a practice, not a one-time event. It's something that you're practicing so that you can become better at doing it and and really reap more of the benefits down the line. It's like, for example, if I were to say, be starting a a new diet, not a fad diet or anything like that, but a new way of approaching the way that I'm eating and yeah. I'm going to eliminate sugar. Long-term, the benefits are huge. Short-term, there's still benefit there, but you're going to be dealing with some of the, uh, the sugar uh, cravings. And so it's going to be harder at first, but long-term, it could get to be really beneficial. Is that kind that, of – That's perfect. Yeah. That is a great example. Short-term, I, I say that people have the just one more thing syndrome. So let's say you say, I'm going to not touch – I'm on my oasis in time this Sunday morning or this Saturday morning. So look, you think, it's a weekend, I'm relaxing – but you wake up and say, I'm just going to check my phone. Oh, I forgot one thing. So then you do that. And then there's just one more thing. And I'm going to go out into the yard and say, I'm going to fix my wheelbarrow or whatever it is. There's always one more thing to do. Yes. We're never lacking for the next task, really. <laughs> never lacking for the next ask. And so we don't get to relax and just breathe and turn our attention to the magnificence of this planet. And one thing people don't often realize is that if you're, if you can't allow your mind to really relax, and sometimes that takes hours, we get into a habit of negativity. Even if you want to be very positive in your orientation, accidentally, because you're just streaming hormones that keep you going, you can get into a negative mindset, even if you don't want to. It makes me think of people who are on strength training regimens where, you know, for example, today would be arm day and the next day would be leg day and they, and they alternate and move through, you know, a schedule where you wouldn't think to do two, you know, leg day two to three or four days in a row. And yet we do that to our body and our brain and even our relationships because we're not stopping. Yes. So in my view, stopping is a practice. So then you say, okay, you don't just do it once or twice because it takes a while to get used to. And the way you do that is to get very determined to understand what the immense benefits are. Because it's, again, as I said, and you know, we all know it's hard to stop. So we need to understand the benefits. Well, let's, yeah, let's delve into that then, because I think that's one of the things that we've probably lost sight of along the way here. Even people who 
are better at this than others probably still don't understand how much better they could have it and how much more rested and uh, just grateful they could feel and, and, and not just feel, but like also just be, you know, and, and, and then taking that back into the work week. Not that that's the, the sole product of, you know, it, the reason to stop isn't to be better at when you're moving. It's to, <laughs> it, it, it isn't, it really isn't, even though this is a productivity show. And I know people want me to say, Hey, I'm going to learn to stop on the weekends so that I can be better during my work week. Now that will happen, but that's not the goal here. True. I think the goal is to really enrich your life, your relationships, your knowledge of yourself, and your understanding of how to live well, which as Americans, often we think living well is accumulating more, although most of us actually don't believe that. We still accumulate a lot. (laughs) We get more done. We're very happy to be very productive, but we also miss some key aspects of life. So what does this look like for you? I mean, how do you stop? What are the benefits? How can you describe the benefits that you experience? Okay, well, the I'll just say a word or two about the benefits in general, and then I'll talk about the benefits for me and my family. The benefits in general, what we're seeing is an increase, for example, in loneliness. And you say, okay, well, so people are lonely. But what we're learning is that loneliness has health effects quite negative. The most productive people are actually people who are connected. But we also see an increase in diabetes and prediabetes, over 50% of us have one of those conditions. We're also suffering from depression. And I could go on and on with the the challenges that we're facing, millions of us, partly because we are stressed. If you read the stress literature, stress leads to harm. So one reason why it's so good to stop for, let's just say for an hour or two, My family and I stopped for a day, partly because it's a day as hard as it was for me to to get. And I have to say, I am myself am a workaholic by nature. I love to work. I love to get things done. I feel like sometimes I am most myself when I am on a roll for work. But that being said, I had gotten quite sick and graduate school and was struggling to get things done. And even getting sick did not stop me. I had a a sort of an autoimmune virus. I still wanted to work all the time. And a friend of mine invited me to a Friday night Shabbat dinner. And of course, I said, no, I'm too busy. Finally, I went, he asked several times. And when I got there, I experienced a type of peace and joy and harmony that I loved. It was not in any other part of my life. So I loved being there and I went home and went back to work. Over time though, I went back several times and started to realize that this was a practice that I could bring into my life. So fast forward, I now have a husband and a 13 year old son 
And we all gather together on Friday night for a blessing to light candles. And it's in that moment, we've, we have enough experience with this that we are turning off all our screens, even my teenager, and we turn to one another and we take a deep breath and say, the week is over. So at that moment, because our phones are off and our screens are off, we turn to one another. And for some weeks, we've been all moving so fast that we've barely said hello. We always have so much to do. And we have a wonderful meal. But I think some of the amazing time is the next day when sometimes we go out into nature, sometimes we go to our synagogue. We're always finding people to share a wonderful lunch with. And to be honest, some moments are not that exciting. But I have a 13-year-old who sometimes won't talk to me. But the other week, I would say about two weeks ago, we were sitting in the living room and we just started to chat. What a gift to just sit, sit with my boy and chat and find out what's happening. Neither of us had anything to do other than be with each other. That's great. I love hearing that. That's, that's one of those things that makes me think the purpose of it is not to, although it does, you know, re-energize and recharge you for doing work, that it also, the stopping helps you to appreciate what you have and really focus in or refocus again over and over once a week on what's most important. So true. And it's very easy to lose track of what's most important. And I follow a number of productivity experts because that's part of my interest. And people keep saying, first things first, do what's most important, focus on your priorities. But as our minds speed up, what we often turn to is just doing the next thing, whatever's in front of us, doing that, getting that checked off. And we miss because we're our executive function is not engaged. We forget what's most important. Still searching for a great candidate for your company? Don't search, just match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch that busy work. Instead, use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. I wish I had Indeed when I was in the hiring process in roles in the past because it is a slow, arduous headache of a process to find the right people or at least it used to be, join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to find and hire great talent fast. In fact, in the minute I've been talking to you, 23 hires were made on Indeed, according to Indeed data worldwide. And listeners of the show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash to-do list. Just go to Indeed.com slash to-do list right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash to-do list. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
What's something that works so well, it basically feels like magic. For me, I'm thinking air conditioning, noise-canceling headphones, definitely. Meeting-free Fridays. What about selling with Shopify? Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your own shop stage to the first real store stage, you don't have to just sell your own stuff anymore. With Shopify Collective, you can curate products to sell from brands you love and give your customers more variety and your business more sales. Shopify is your no excuses business partner. Sell without needing to code or design. Just bring your best ideas and Shopify will help you open up shop. Shopify also helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout 36 percent better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to shopify magic your ai powered all-star sign up for a one dollar per month trial period at shopify.com slash beyond again go to shopify.com slash beyond now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash beyond So is there a ritual or a a way of transitioning from the work week into, you know, I know you're taking a full day. Uh, if somebody is taking even just one hour to start practicing stopping, how yes. would you suggest they go about doing this? So first of all, the, the most important thing I think is to set aside time, mark the time in your calendar Let's say it's an hour and let's say it's Friday from five to six. For example, some people may say that's preposterous, but pick an hour or Saturday afternoon or Sunday afternoon. What I recommend to people is that the hour before that, use it to write down what you haven't gotten to finish up a few burning items and prepare yourself to stop and Cal Newport, who wrote a wonderful book called Deep Work, has this phrase called shut down complete. (laughs) And he uses that at the end of his day. And he's a wonderful model for not taking work home. His day is over. And I like that idea of finding a ritual way to shut down your work mind, even for an hour. So that involves making a list of things you haven't gotten to, perhaps looking ahead to see what you need to prepare for, write it down, and consciously stop. And what you can tell yourself at that point is, I'll come back to it. If I'm not done, I'll come back to it. And that's what I always say to myself on Friday afternoon as I'm doing my shutdown There are many Friday afternoons when I say, okay, I'm shutting down, but I'll come back later. Even though I know that my mind needs the rest, I say to myself, if I, if I have to, I'll come back later. I never do because as I calm down, I see, I see that those fires I was putting out, if I leave them alone, they go out by themselves They become less important. And so that's what I say to people. Remind yourself that as important, but not a priority. These are the sort of burning low priority issues. As important as it seems, it's time to stop. That's great. I love that idea of certain fires going out of their own accord. 
like yes. you know, kind of like you would let you sit and watch the fire slowly go down by itself as, and you don't ha- you don't have to go sp- spray water on it. You can walk away or you can leave it alone and it's good. Eric, I think a lot of our work fires are because people are stressed and upset. We're upset with each other or we're stressed out about something or we made a mistake or we did an error because we we weren't paying attention. So if we can walk away, really reduce the stress. And then you say, well, what do you do for that hour? You do something you love or you do self-care or you connect with a pet or a child or a beloved and you're physiology immediately starts to shift. I think it always has to do with relationship, that downtime. It's either with another person or it's with yourself, really, right? Or it's with yourself. And for some people, it's with their sense of purpose or their sense of a higher power. But as you shift into low gear, you slow down. And within minutes... You can see, you know, I was fussing about something that is not important. I wish I could learn that lesson. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like I feel like I'm trying to teach it to my kids. And yet I'm like, yep, I'm still I still don't do that as well as I should. As much as we can teach our kids that focusing on each other and enjoying being human together, kids uh, what I heard, the kids under 17 or so are part of what's called Generation I for iPhone. They're on screens way too much, and they don't know how to live their life without a screen. So I didn't realize this at, at the time when my son was born. I didn't know this would be such an issue. But he is 24 hours off a screen every every week without question. That's great. I, as a parent of a 12-year-old daughter and a six-year-old, as of literally today, uh, six-year-old son, yeah, that screen time can be a little bit daunting. And it's, and it, and you almost become, I don't know, passive with it. Not, not passive per se, but, uh, you, you just keep thinking, well, every other kid or all, you know, everybody's doing this. It's the new, it's the way of the future, in other words. So they have to be using it and get used to it and learn from it and they'll be better for it. But I don't know if I agree with that. Some research shows that this is the unhappiest generation, partly because they keep trying to get emotional needs met through a screen and they relate to, there's a lot of texting there very connected digitally, but their their skills at empathy and having conversations and working through differences, those skills are decreasing. Yeah, I agree. I, I think that, you know, and not to be all doom and gloom about it, I think it's really just, it's still such a new thing. It's only been about 10 years plus around that that realm of, you know, smartphones and screens and tablets and and all of that that we've had th- those growing up in it and even those of us who didn't grow up in it but then have accommodated to be the same as those who are growing up in it like myself and even, you know, g- generations older um can get it to, I mean my mom, she's addicted to Facebook, I'm sure. 
yeah. <laughs> I, I can tell. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's just, I, I think there's, if there's ever been a need for something, it's, it's really for this, right. For stopping. Yeah. Well, people talk a lot about a digital Sabbath or a tech Shabbat and to be transparent here, I'm one of those parents who was thrilled to be able to hand my child a phone because he would be quiet for an hour. Mm -hmm. And I feel like it's we're all a little bit addicted and it takes a little bit of work to say, okay, this day we're off screens and we're going to be available to each other when I have a habit of being preoccupied with other things. So I love it, though. I love having the family time that we have. How did you move to, or or was this always a part of your stop day, your day off, where your son wasn't on screens for 24 hours? He came along after, you know, my husband and I had been together for a while. So we were practicing this mm-hmm. oasis in time. And then when our son came along, it was just including him in. So at what point did he, I mean, I, I, I guess I'm getting at here that you, like many other parents like myself, uh, again, yeah, feel like, oh, here, here is a phone that'll keep you occupied yes. for a while. Yes. At, at what point, though, did you put in place the rule for him to have that, that screen day off? Oh, from from the beginning, there have never right. been screens in our house for this 24 hours from Friday evening till Saturday night. Very we cool. do occasionally, if we're lost, we'll turn on a cell phone to get GPS. Or if we're running late for someone, we'll text them. But we're also working on our own uh, digital addiction. And it just gives us a day to be without reference to screens at all. Mm. See, this is that that's something that I think I personally need to try to do. I've done, you know, no social media, but that doesn't mean not still looking at a screen, you know? It's interesting. The quality of life is quite different off a screen. And, you know, some of us can remember what life was like before all of this technology came along and it was slower. It was more connecting. There was more hanging out with neighbors, but now everyone's busy getting back on social media. So it does slow things down and let us live together just a little bit more. Talk about your, your five gateways so that people can start to create or design their own oasis in time? Sure. The five gateways I learned from talking to all kinds of people who have some kind of 24 hours off. It could be observant Jews, observant Christians. I talked to a number of Seventh-day Adventists, and I will just say research is in the healthiest people in the country, far and away, longest living at a high level of health are the Seventh-day Adventists. And people make much of their vegetarian diet, but they are also off screens, off work for a solid 24-hour Sabbath. That's why they're called Seventh-day Adventists. 
And the gateway is, first gateway is to protect the time. I say, plan, protect, and prepare. Create a little agenda for yourself. Put out your knitting needles if you're going to knit or the book that you want to read. Plan the time, put it in your calendar and tell people you're going to be off a screen or off your phone and you decide what you want to do digitally and experiment. So step one is plan, protect and prepare. Gateway two is begin and end. So you're going to name your beginning time and stick to it because that means that that next one more thing syndrome won't get you. you. You commit to the beginning and you name your end time. And the end time is as important as the beginning time, because if you let this sort of peter out, you're not sure, is it my oasis time? Am I back at work? You won't do it again. Psychologically, you need that bounded time. For beginning a little ritual, we like candles. Some people take a shower or if you do yoga, maybe it's a yoga posture or consciously close your computer. Put your phone in a cell phone sleeping bag. Begin with a ritual that signals to you that you're in your time oasis and end with a different one. Maybe you'll run around the block or put on your favorite work clothes or whatever it is you're getting back to work. Number three is disconnect to connect. I highly recommend being off all screens, but the idea is to disconnect, not just from screens, but from your work, your working mind, your next, you're doing the next thing. So write down your projects that you don't want to think about and put it away, put it in a folder, an envelope to connect. And connecting is with yourself first. Maybe you'll do a body scan. How are you feeling? Are you thirsty or hungry? Are you joyous or sad? You do a body scan to discover how are you? We often don't do that. We don't know how we are. Connect with someone nearby, someone that you're with, and then connect with what is really most important to you. And as I said, some people connect with God or their higher power. They pray. They turn towards awe. They turn towards reverence. Fourth gateway is slow down to savor. And as we slow down, our mind shifts to pay attention to what's around us. And slowing down could mean slowing down our walking pace, our talking pace, our eating, slowing down. So now we can notice the present moment. Where are we? And what's beautiful about it? What if, if everything seems like you're in a concrete jungle, look up at the sky. It's remarkable. And then the fifth gateway is let go of achieving to rest, reflect, and play. We are primates. We are born to play and be playful. 
we learned that some of the greatest ideas in science, in invention, in technology come when, when people are playing around. So that last, the fifth step, let go of trying to achieve and let the life force come through you. Those are the five gateways. Awesome. As I was listening, I, I couldn't help but think when you, you said the words uh, play, that I think we, when people start to hear people talk about stopping or resting, that they don't fully understand or they they go into this okay slowing down the stopping doesn't mean not moving new doesn't mean not moving your body it doesn't mean right. you know going out and playing tackle football with a bunch of friends because yeah. one that's stopping the the working two that's connecting with others and three honestly it's probably doing more physical activity which is good for you than you've maybe done through the week exactly exactly and it's fun and it's, it's good, healthy, exuberant fun. And many of us just don't have much of that. And as fun as little kids are, sometimes we parents forget to have fun with our younger ones. Yeah, definitely. Well, and, and that's right on my mind today as my youngest is turning six and he's this rambunctious boy. And I try to keep up with him and I used to be his same way. And, you know, over time just kind of s slowed down in the wrong way, you know? Well, happy birthday to him and may he have a beautiful day and you too along with him. Yeah, he, he will. And I will too. Um, Marilyn, it's been great talking with you. I really think that people are going to benefit from your book uh, how can we point people to this? Where is the best place for people to pick this up and start to dig a little deeper? They can pick it up on in bookstores, on Amazon. And one thing they'll find in it is I have three chapters on productivity, how to be more productive during the week so that you can have your oasis in time. They can find the book at MarilynPaul.com. That's my website. If they go to my website, they can download. I have a book, an e-booklet there on how to start, get like quick start guide to a slow time. And there, the book is full of realistic, down-to-earth advice on how to make this happen. There will be obstacles. How do you design your time? How do you get support? How do you get over if 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 the idea of a religious Sabbath is a struggle, let go of the religious part. If you are religious, you may have been saying, oh, I really want a Sabbath. This book will have everything you need in it to make that happen. Awesome. Yeah. And, and so I'll make sure to link up all of what you just mentioned uh, in the show notes for this episode for everybody to be able to find quickly and easily. Marilyn, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you so much, Eric. It's been great to talk with you. So where are you with this topic in your life? I'm curious to find out. Myself, I am at a place where I am trying to take more space and time for myself on the weekend. Sometimes it's just really hard. 
In fact, I've touched on this in the past, and one of the things that you can start to do is just try to find an hour on the weekend where you're purposely recharging. And maybe just, again, like (laughs) strength training, you're not going to do a full day all at once. You're not going to step outside and run that marathon instantly. But you can get there by starting off where you already are and building up your strength and endurance. If you enjoyed this episode, I'd love for you to share it. Head on over to beyondthetodolist.com slash 195 and hit share. There's probably somebody you're thinking of that as you were listening to this, you said, you know, I think they need to hear this episode too. Hit share, share it with them, let them know about this podcast, especially this episode. I'd like to say thank you again to support from ZipRecruiter. Again, you can try ZipRecruiter free for 30 days to find the next great hire for your business, no matter what size, at ZipRecruiter.com slash beyond. And don't forget FreshBooks. Stay productive, stay organized, and get paid quickly with their online accounting software. You know you need this. You hear about it all the time. Head on over to FreshBooks.com slash T-O-D-O. And in the How Did You Hear About Us section, enter Beyond the To-Do List. Grab that free trial. It's going to pay for itself, especially since it starts off as free. Duh. Thanks again to FreshBooks for supporting this episode of Beyond the To-Do List. Thanks again for listening, and I will see you next episode. Hey, thanks for listening to the end. If you're looking for a show to start helping you apply these productivity lessons on your business, check out Millionaire University. It's real lessons from real entrepreneurs teaching you what you need to know to improve your business or start one if you've been putting it off. It covers all aspects of business from starting marketing, growing, managing, and everything in between, wearing all the hats. And as an added bonus, I am conducting a number of those conversations, those interviews, so you'll fit right in. Again, that's Millionaire University. Just search for it in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening to this podcast.